0: Hello and welcome to the Minimalist Moms podcast. I'm Diane, I'm a mother of three living in Columbus, Ohio. I'm trying to make room in my life for what matters by getting rid of the clutter and living life with purpose. I hope you'll join me on the journey to think more and do with less. On today's bonus episode, hosts of the Peaceful Homeschool podcast, Emma and Beth, are here to encourage and empower you by sharing how you can simplify your homeschool day and achieve a peaceful relationship with your children. We are here to tell you that homeschooling is not as daunting as it may seem, and with the right mindset and tools, you can give your children an excellent education while fostering that close relationship with them. We discuss tips to simplify your homeschool day and to encourage other moms who may be struggling with this fulfilling yet challenging journey. So I hope this episode will inspire you and show you that peaceful homeschooling is possible and can change your family's life. For those of you that are unfamiliar, I do release bonus episodes that serve a niche part of my audience, so if this topic doesn't fit what you're looking for, join me back here later this week when I release an episode all about unlocking secrets of effective parent-child communication with Dr. Emily Klein. All right, let's get to this episode with Emma and Beth. I found you guys when looking through the Kids and Family Top 100 podcasts. you guys are really killing it. I'm about to finish up my second year of homeschooling. So I'm excited to talk to people that have the wisdom of having done this for a little bit longer than me. But before we get there, why don't we go ahead and you both can introduce yourselves. Who wants to go first? Maybe Beth, do you want to start, introduce yourselves? And do you consider yourself to be minimalist?
1: I'm Beth. I'm a wannabe minimalist. I worked hard towards it and I love it. Um, And I notice how much Better I feel whenever I am implementing it. It's it's hard because we run a farm, and so I always collect things for them. And then I'm like, no, 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 I don't want to be collecting things, but we always end up just doing that. But no, um, I'm a homeschool mom. My youngest is graduating in May, and it's been a really fun journey to homeschool my kids, and it's been a huge learning experience for me, and I love it.
0: And then Emma, what about you? How old are your kids? And then tell me a little bit more about you, and if you consider yourself to be a minimalist.
2: Okay, I'm Emma, and I have been homeschooling all along. My kids are now 2018, graduating in May next month with autism, so that's been a journey in itself, and then a 12-year-old. So I still have about six more years left in my homeschool journey with my kids. I moved halfway across the country two years ago, which has been a giant, crazy experience, and what I consider myself a mental must. I would like to be more but it definitely is a struggle for me, for sure. Moving halfway across the country, I was able to let go of a lot of stuff and recognize that we did not need as much as we had. And, you know, things like my husband liking a lot of kitchen tools, like the right tool for the right job. I realized when we moved halfway across the country and he stayed behind for the first nine months, and he kept a lot of the tools and I didn't have them, I was like, I didn't need any of that stuff in my house. And so it was really great to recognize, like as he was saying, should I bring all this stuff? I'm like, don't bring the stuff, get rid of all that stuff, we don't need that stuff. That was very freeing for me. And I, I mean, it definitely has helped me on my journey to kind of step away from that, like collecting the stuff that I may need because I may use it at some point.
0: Yes, absolutely. Before we talk more about homeschooling in general and maybe how we can apply simplicity there, What made you guys start this podcast? How long have you guys been podcasting? And what is your main goal with your show?
1: We started a little over a year ago now. The reason that we started was I wrote a book. And the reason I started that was that I wanted to help people that were struggling to homeschool after the pandemic, watching people that thought they were homeschooling and they were doing it so hard. And it was in a way that was sad. and, And they're just like, I can't stand this, but I think it's the right thing because I don't want my kids in the system right now. The system's broken right now. They were so sad and they were struggling and hating it. And I was like, no, no, no. Homeschooling is so much fun, you guys. Like, let me help you out here. So I wrote a book, Find Your Homeschool Vibe. And then I was talking to Emma about it. And I said, you know, I really want to get a podcast going. And and we talked about like, should we partner up and do this? Because we both have so much experience in different areas, and we have different personalities. And so we might be able to present balanced ideas, because we are very similar in our beliefs, but we are very different in a lot of our approaches. And so we can help people with different ways of handling
2: it. And it's, it's been a great journey, too. We have gotten feedback from so many people, you know, saying that we have been able to help them on their journey. And like Beth said, we are different in certain ways that we are able to, you know, kind of share that information from both sides and be like, hey, Beth does it this way and I do it this way. But we can both share ways to be flexible and to, like, bring a peacefulness to your homeschool as opposed to always having it be like this stressful regimented crazy thing. We're like, it doesn't have to be stressful, crazy, and regimented. It can be joyful and loving and like filled with so many enriching activities that your life is just amazing. And, you know, you get to the end of your journey, like we're getting closer to the end of ours and you go, oh my gosh, I'm so grateful that we were able to experience this. And we felt very bad for people who were going into it and saying, I don't understand why my kindergartner can't sit at the computer for seven hours a day and do his work like he's being asked to do. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry for your kindergartner. Like, what can we do to help with your poor kindergartner? And before we moved, um, I ran a giant homeschool group for over a decade and hundreds and hundreds of people. And so we just, so many different people from so many different backgrounds and different religions and different everything came together and worked together. And it was just an amazing thing for us to be able to support each other and within that community. But when Beth's was like, hey, would you be interested in doing this podcast with us or with me? I'm like, oh, my gosh, yes, because then we could not only help the people in our own little communities, but be able to help people on a greater scale, which has been awesome.
0: Yes, absolutely. And I love how you said, Beth, we were finding that the system is broken and not to get political. I want to keep that out of it. But as you said, Emma, you were finding people that had all these different beliefs coming together to unify on this one common Theme of we want to take back maybe childhood or our ability to get to things first and to dialogue with our kids, also to get them out of their seats. And it's all these little things that we're finding are broken. And I, I don't know what the solution is. I'm not here for solutions. I just know what it looks like for our life, and homeschool is the solution there. So I think my biggest goal uh, with this episode and just encouraging people through our journey is to say, like, you can do it, you are capable. And also, I heard something the other day. Day. if you are a grown person, you've graduated high school and you don't think you can teach your kid to read, there's a problem there. That is a problem. And why would we want to put our child in that same problem? You know? Yeah. Yeah. I said a lot. I said a lot there. So okay. <laughs> I'm like, which bunny trail shall we hop down? <laughs> okay. So in regards to simplicity, you both want to help people simplify their days to make homeschooling a lot more approachable, what would you say for each of you has been
2: a game changer when it comes to simplifying your homeschool day? I will say for sure for us, it's not trying to replicate public school at home. When you try to replicate public school at home, you fall into a trap that, I mean, public school was created because they need to manage large numbers of kids at all different levels, doing all different things in all different subjects. And with all different personalities and learning styles and i think trying to replicate that is inviting you know disorder into your, and chaos into your own mind because you don't understand why it's not working but to instead simplify and say what is the way that my child learns best what can i do to support them in that way how can they help to craft what we're going to learn about how we're going to continue on this education journey together And I think doing that and just totally disregarding what the public school system has to say about it and saying, I know what's best for my child. Nobody knows my child better than I do. And focusing on that, I think for me, is probably the biggest thing to simplifying is just staying away from the public school. Not that public school is terrible, not that it's not great for tons of people, but for my child to be at home, trying to replicate that is just inviting disorder.
1: I think for me, simplifying looks like having fun. And when it's not fun, it's time to shift. When the child is stressed out, when I'm stressed out, it's not working. So it's time to say, okay, this is not working. Even though I think that this child should do this worksheet and just get it over with, that's not the right way to do it. It's time to go, okay, Let's figure out a different way. This doesn't have to be like this. Learning should be fun and it should be fun for the parent and it should be like an enjoyable experience for the whole family. And when it's not, that's not simple. That's hard. So, so make sure that I think people, people just need to be in the mindset of being able to shift. And the other thing to simplify, I think, is to not overschedule your family and um, to have it stacked for your chores and your checklists, trying to be as efficient as possible so you can enjoy your time when you are homeschooling more.
2: Absolutely. And we talk a lot about that kind of stuff on the podcast because things that, you know, if we're pitching in as a family, the chores become a lot easier. Our kids learn to, to manage doing their own chores, handling their portions of the household, but also things like cooking in large batches for the week putting things away, all those things. We talk about a lot of those types of things that make homeschooling more simple, that make your life you know, a little easier, a little less chaotic because we don't want chaos and crazy all the time. We want the time that we're spending to be intentional and enjoyable. And so we try to share a lot of those types of tips on the podcast as well.
0: Yes, absolutely. And on your podcast, I feel like you guys are already doing a better job on my show than I did on yours and giving advice. So this is awesome. But we did talk about on your podcast that we don't necessarily need a schoolroom, And I think Instagram can make us believe that we do full of all these things. I was talking about the prints and all the wooden toys and all the Montessori toys that are beautiful. But for me, I need simple. I have a basket sitting right next to me of Charlotte's things because for me, I saw after our first year, okay, maybe we don't need all the things that I think that we did. What do we actually need? And assessing that is very helpful. So what else would you recommend that maybe you had some trial and error with, and you saw this isn't working and this is what works better?
1: For me, when I first started homeschooling, I started collecting all the things, like all the fun things, The, the what is the human body thing that's plastic, and you can see, there are all these amazing things. And then I realized that we'd only used that once, and then my kids didn't pull it out again. Like, okay, did we need to do that, or could we have borrowed it from the lending library or from a friend? Did we need to actually purchase and store this for years? And so I had a whole entire schoolroom when we'd look at houses, I'd have to have a room for a schoolroom and then I'd fill it up with everything and it was beautiful and it was cute, but those kids wouldn't even do their schoolwork in there. They'd end up on the couch or when we started paring down and I moved a million times, which was lame, but, but every time I'd be like losing more stuff. And so then networked it down to one of the Ikea cubby shelves with eight spots in it and I'd have... One spot for my son's current school workbooks and stuff. And then it would be like resource books, the dictionary, the source, like the old school stuff that people, I wanted my kids to always have access to. And then like the Constitution book or things like that, where it's like I wanted to keep that around forever kind of thing. So whatever didn't fit in there. We didn't keep it anymore so that was how i started minimalizing all of that because it's really easy to collect homeschool stuff because it's fun <laughs> yeah
0: what about you emma what have you seen that has been trial and error that you're like no this didn't work and this
2: works better honestly i mean i will have to go back to the homeschool room we when we first started same thing i was like oh my son's going into kindergarten age like let's make a cute little room we had a whole room upstairs oh my gosh, it was such a waste of my time. I spent way too many hours dealing with that and then trying to herd us up there. And there was no point because we were always going back downstairs near the kitchen. So for us, that has meant we we lived in that house and then we lived where we live now, no matter what, like I need a space to store our homeschool stuff that we're using. And I need a space for us to do stuff. So for us, that actually was like, having a table that the kids could have their stuff that they're working on, their current projects or whatever. But we always need to be near a kitchen because I'm constantly cooking food and prepping dinner and all of that. And the kids are involved in that. They're involved in science projects and things that are getting messy. And so I think the idea that I needed this cute room with these posters all over the wall and whatever, probably my biggest, my one thing that I'm like, oh my gosh, I spent way too much energy on that and it did not work out. I think we're excited when we first start our homeschool journey. You know, like, okay, we're doing it. This is official. And, you know, relatives are like, wait, you're going to homeschool. What is that going to look like? When are your kids going to real school? You know, all these things that are asked of you. And you're like, but look, we have a school room. It's all good. We're going to do this stuff. And then you realize that is not necessary at all. And you see all those cute things, but it's not needed. So I'm with Beth on that. For us, that was definitely the school room as well.
0: I'm glad that we talked about the school room. And for me, I felt like I was bringing in things because I was like, okay, I have this podcast and I'm going to maybe start talking about homeschooling. So I want to be able to photograph it and it has to look a certain way. And then I had to check myself. No, this is anti what you're trying to preach on your podcast. And That's not why your content or you are valuable to your audience or your children, most importantly. And so I think it's really important that, again, we kind of go back and assess what do we actually need? What do we actually use? And then let's get rid of what's superfluous, what we don't need and focus on the things that we do which for me, it's actually not things that we use the most. I would say it's our co-ops and other people that we are utilizing time with them and experiences with them. So what does that look like for you two? Have you tried to do a weekly co-op? How has that looked like for you?
2: Yeah, I, for years and years, well over a decade, ran a giant homeschool group. And for us, that was you know several days a week, often doing classes with our homeschool friends, um, as well as a weekly park day. and you know, having kids of different ages, my kids have an eight year age span. And so, you know, having things that they could be involved with and build those real strong friendships that continued throughout their lives and continues still now was very important to me. Worrying about socialization is people's biggest issue when they think about homeschooling. They're like, oh my gosh, my kid's going to be a weirdo. Well, we're all weirdos, but my kid's going to be a weirdo. They're not going to have any friends. They're not going to go to prom. They're not going to do all these amazing things. So having a group that we could do all of those things with and do any crazy thing that we ever are like, oh, I remember that really cool thing that we did in school. We've been able to replicate that really cool thing that we did in school, and so for us that's been super important part of it. Moving halfway across the country, it was like starting all over again building community again, but we've always done some sort of co op ish thing, along with some social groups our kids also had unstructured time as well with their friends. We
1: were involved in like the weekly park days that were probably the highlight of our life. Like they, I mean, for all of us, mom time for me to talk with other moms in a just relaxed, fun way. And then the kids to be able to just be together for hours in an unstructured way. And they would be so creative during that time and create games and make things up and wander around and, and like find things in nature. And just, they had so much fun and learned so much from those experiences And then we also, we did do some co-ops. We were involved in some Um, co-ops for me were not my most favorite thing, but, the, but they're very valuable. And so I encourage people to be involved in one if they can find one that works for them. And um, for me, I do have more anxiety. So for me, like leading the co-op was never my thing. I was like, oh my gosh, I, I felt like it was so stressful. But being involved in um in other ways, if you can like say like, I'll buy all the supplies if you guys be the teachers, you know, you can always come up with the way to work. Um, but in our area, we also have homeschool learning centers. They have been so valuable to us. Um, Today's my daughter's last day at her thing uh-huh. um, for has her senior, but she's going to her last day and and so how that looks is it's an all-day thing for her she goes at like nine and ends at three but before when she's taking classes there she's just taken like one class but then she started making so many friends and enjoying that that she goes the whole time but and it's just once a week
2: but i was gonna say too what beth said about a co-op you may not co-ops may not be a perfect fit for you or may not find one locally that's a good fit for you but you are totally empowered and you can totally team up with other moms to make your own, to make your own private one. It doesn't have to be a big fancy one that you pay a lot of money for or that you invest tons of craziness in. It can be literally for parents who are saying, once a week, we're getting together on this day and we're gonna talk about science every week, or we're gonna do science this month and history next month and whatever. Like having having opportunities to not only learn from other people, but to have your kids learn with other kids in in cool settings and learn from people who know other things besides just what you know is so valuable to them. But if you don't find it, you can build it.
0: Absolutely. That's what I was telling a friend the other day. I think she's getting ready to homeschool this year. And I told her our nature group has been fabulous, but the thing that has made it consistent is we have these anchors of, of women that regardless of the weather, they'll show up. And you know that they're going to be there. So then you're more likely to show up because you're like, I'm not going to just be there by myself. And so I think if you can be an anchor for a group, like you said, and just always show up, even if there's one other family, word of mouth will spread and you will have this amazing community that gets together regularly, that you're doing life together and that has been invaluable to me as a homeschooling mom. And I don't, I don't think that I could be the type of homeschooling mom that had just a regimented Monday through Friday, we're hit the dining room table from this time to this time. Like we definitely have electives and classes and nature, and we're doing multiple things, but the learning still does get done too. But I think not to think that that's what homeschool looks like. The nineties painted a really bad portrait of that. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Yeah.
1: No, homeschooling is amazing and fun. And if it's not, then fix it because it should be.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I also realize, I mean, I have family members that they literally can't homeschool because they have to work and they're not in that season right now. And that stinks. And I want to acknowledge that. And I'm sure maybe not a lot of those people are listening to this conversation right now, but I am more so talking to the people that are curious about it and have been kicking it around, but don't think that they can. So what is another word of advice that you have for those women that are kind of on the fence of whether or not they want to make this their new lifestyle? Because it is a lifestyle.
1: Some of the reasons I've heard from people is that they, they're like, well, I struggle to get my child to do their homework. How could I possibly homeschool? Or it is so stressful to be with my kids all the time. And one thing I'd like to say to that is that when they're not highly stressed and from a school environment. They're different and they're more enjoyable and it's not as hard. What I have found, like when I look at my family members that have their kids in public school and I'm visiting, I think it is incredibly stressful to see how they're having to deal with things. It's like rushing out the door. Everybody, where's your shoes? You know, like all that stuff is happening. And then all the papers that come home with the child that, that have to be done and then they have to force them to do homework after they were already in school all day. And I think that I can see how people would feel stressed by their time with their kids when that's their life. And so be open to the idea that it it can look very different and less stressful as a homeschooling family than it looks like
0: maybe now. I know someone that has kind of a broken relationship with their child right now, um, as broken as you can when they're under 10. But I was like, actually, you're in a great position. You should homeschool. You should renew that relationship and rebuild that relationship because you're only getting those final hours of the day. And like you said, Beth, if you're only getting the leftover and the scraps of what a child has to give and they're being drained from school. And again, there are some wonderful public schools. My husband's a public school teacher, so I feel like I can see both sides of yeah. But all more the reason to homeschool if you feel like you're not seeing your kid and getting the scraps of your child. So, Emma, the question was how would you motivate or encourage people to homeschool if they are on the fence?
2: To recognizing your own strengths. I think it's hard for us, sometimes especially as women, to recognize our value and the strengths that we have. And if you think about raising your kids from the day they were born and every single thing you have taught your child, you can absolutely continue teaching them and like beth said if you're taking out the more stressful parts of that and you're focusing on your relationships and you're focusing on learning instead of just schooling which i think those are two very different things often i think that it can empower people to recognize like i do have the ability i have taught my children all of these things i continue to teach my children all of these things and you don't have to know everything you just have to know how to find things and so i think in the information age there's nothing you can't find. And if it's something like when my son wanted to take physics in high school and I was like, that is not my strength. I knew that there was a class that he could go to. I knew that I could support him at home with the learning he was doing at home and that he could go to a class and learn more and he could still do projects at home and we could talk about it as a family. But I think the fact that it actually, like you mentioned, like it actually brings a family together because you are talking about learning, you're enjoying field trips and vacations and stuff, and you're incorporating learning into everything you do, it just changes the dynamic, I think, a lot. It takes away some of those stressful parts. So I think kind of encouraging people that if it feels like it might be really stressful, you know, maybe maybe taking the opportunity to just recognize in yourself, this is really something, I have really something valuable to add, as does, do my husband, as do other mentors in my children's lives, and that they really can do it. I know it seems hard, but they can do it and it's totally worth it.
0: Yes, absolutely. And I will say for me, I don't always enjoy it. And I am not the mom that's like, yeah, I want to be around my kids twenty four 24-7. As I was saying, I think on your podcast, I have many roles and identities that I love to try and fulfill, whether that's wife, mother, friend, creative, podcaster, I have all these roles. And so motherhood, while it is, I have been called to it. I have these children to raise. I would just say I'm not one of those moms where my kids are my whole life. And yet I've kind of made them that way in a certain way because it does feel good. And I'm never going to regret this time that I have with them. And we've had so many opportunities over these past two years that I I wouldn't have gotten. I don't know. I'm grateful for that.
1: I just want to say that We also made sure, like that was another thing we we should address too, is like we all had to have our mom breaks. So it's not like we wanted 24-7. We needed mom breaks. That was a huge part of it too. And we always had our mom's night scheduled. And like that is important too, to make sure you have time with your spouse and time with friends and family and um, other homeschool moms. It's pretty awesome to have that time. Yeah,
2: (laughs) absolutely. And, And honestly, if you're thinking about homeschooling, if you're already homeschooling, whatever, I would encourage you to listen into our podcast because we do share a lot of those tips and we can say like we understand sometimes it does feel really hard and you really do need a break. And here's how you can find some ways to do that. And that may not be scrolling through Facebook and not actually giving yourself any time to refresh and rejuvenate because you're looking at things that are stressful and hard or whatever, but some actually really good practical tips for how you can kind of take the time that you need for yourself. If you're looking at high school, we've got it. If you're looking at kindergarten, we've got it. Special needs, we've got it because we've been there for a really long time and done this with our kids.
0: Yes, absolutely. Well, you started the intro of my next question. It was going to be, where can listeners connect with you if they want to find you, your podcast? Do you have Instagram? Where can we find you?
1: Um, Peacefulhomeschool.com. We're also on Instagram and on Facebook. And then Homeschool Vibe is my website. And then Find Your Homeschool Vibe on Amazon is my book.
0: Cool. Well, ladies, thank you so much for joining me today. This was so encouraging. I just want those women to know that are on the fence of homeschooling that they can do it. And I feel like you really helped give us some valuable insight to your journeys and how they can do so as well. So thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you for having us. What did you think of the episode? I hope you enjoyed the conversation. To learn more about today's guest, including links, resources related to everything discussed today, visit the episode page at minimalistmomspodcast.com, where you can find the entire podcast archive, as well as my book, Minimalist Moms Living and Parenting with Simplicity, or other ways to connect or work with me online.